Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. Good morning to you. Doug Gottlieb, TJ Hushmanzada. This is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What a day we got for you in sports. Obviously, we had NBA basketball last night. You got a little college hoops today. You got three NFL games, and you have a two-time pro bowler in TJ Hushmanzada to break them all down for you. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. Um, TJ, did you ever play on Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It's the same teams, the Cowboys, the Lions, um, and who whomever they play. And so they normally always make that a either a division game or a conference game. So absolutely not, but always practice. Like it's eleven o'clock East Coast time. Guys are uh, practicing. Some guys probably started practice at ten, some at nine, but everybody's out there practicing. They every single team that that isn't playing today, they're practicing as we speak. Yeah, in college basketball, um, college basketball, you practice if you don't play, like you don't play now. There's a lot more Thanksgiving tournaments than there used to be. Uh, these, um, but but um, uh, you practice in the morning, and then like when I was at Notre Dame, we went to each went to a coach's house. When I was at Oklahoma State, we'd go to the Country Club, and and coaches, uh, my my coach's late wife, uh, Patsy Sutton, she would. She'd come into the locker room or come to, to practice like two weeks before and pass out like a paper where everybody got to write down your favorite dish. And then whoever made it for you at home's numbers, like your mom or your grandma or your, your dad or your grandpa, or whatever, whoever cooked it for you, like, well, I want that. You know how some people have that. Pur- What's that purple kind of casserole sort of thing that people somebody will tweet us at Gottlieb show. Yeah, I don't eat casserole. Yeah, but it was like a purple mushroom, not a mushroom, a marshmallow something, jello-y, I don't know. But like we had somebody get that and we had dudes who were like, I want mac and cheese, but I want to like how my mom makes it. I want I want greens, but I want to have my grandma makes it. <laughs> anyway, that's how that's how they would get. They would get the recipe and then they give the recipe to the chefs and they try and, and ma- the chef and they try and match it. It was kind of cool. But yeah, you practice nice. in the morning, you'd eat and then you're like, hey, let's come back and practice tonight. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. It was, it was not productive at all after eating all that food. Not, no. not productive at all. I mean, for us in the NFL, it was the coach would always have you practice in the morning so that you can spend Thanksgiving with your family. For the most part, you're done pretty early. You won't watch the practice film of practice today. You'll do that tomorrow. And so that that's why you kind of get out of there early. So tomorrow will be a little longer than normal because Friday, if you play on Sunday, as normally you get out fairly early, but not tomorrow, because although he's giving you a break today, you're going to make it up tomorrow. So then you so you go home and then do you always watch the games? Are you were you still, you know, once you started to have a family, was it too much family time to even watch what else is going on? No, you missed part of the first game. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm watching every game. I, Doug, I just love football, man. And no, no, so, I know you do now. I'm talking about as a player. Oh, when you're in the as a player, yeah, yeah. Like that that love for football was created before I got to the league, stayed with me. Um, but, yeah, I would watch the games. Family, if we, if we got family over, um, we're watching a game. We may play some spades, 
some pity pads, some tonk or whatever, dominoes, whatever it may be. But we're watching a game for sure. Um, this is the weirdest experience I ever had. This is goes back my first year living in Connecticut. I just moved out there. We were in a town called Burlington, Connecticut. And my neighbors, I remember we moved into a house and we didn't have, it was the first time I'd ever heard of a counter depth refrigerator. I moved in like no, no fridge, like no big deal. We'll bring up our fridge. I was moving up from Oklahoma city and like, yeah, you need a counter depth fridge. And we had to order it like special or whatever. So we had like a, we borrowed my neighbor's fridge for like a month and it was just, uh, me and my wife. And we were, I remember we're, we're sitting there, um, like, what are we gonna do in Thanksgiving? We can't get a turkey in there. And they, our neighbors were nice enough to invite us to Thanksgiving dinner. So, um, we walk over to their house, right? I don't know if we bake something or something. And I remember we were, we were talking and drinking for like an hour and a half. And I was like, Hey, um, you guys going to throw the game on? And I'd never heard this before. <laughs> they were like, what game? Excuse me. Wow. Excuse me. What game? Like, huh? <laughs> there are actually people that exist that don't yes. know that. It's, it's yes. Really... Yes. Wow. Like did it's a I mean Thanksgiving not even as much as Super remember Super Bowl 150 million people watch that means 150 million people don't watch right and that's 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 the other part to it is there are people that's, that don't that's watch Super so Bowl. baffling to me that people don't watch sports like that is really what are are you even watching TV and if you are what are you, you have watching? a lot of, you, well you have a lot more free time you have a lot more free time than the rest of us do right on on weekends because you know like you got you got kids and sports and then you watch sports on like what else do sports like take away from sports being extremely fun like it's so fun to play yes the lessons that you learn that you don't realize you're learning the way you communicate with people that come from so many different backgrounds so different than you i mean it it teaches you so many lessons how to fight through adversity, how to handle your wins, your losses, setbacks. It's just so many things you learn from sports that it's the best. It's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Nothing like it at all. Let, let's let's get to one of the stories of the day, which is LeBron James goes off last night, plays really well. No Anthony Davis. Um, they, ha- they, they come from behind, force overtime. Or actually, they had to lead and, and, and Indy forced overtime. Indy's just gotten healthy, and they're, they're playing much better of late. Um, goes to overtime. LeBron ends up with 39 points and kind of wins the game seemingly on his on his own in terms of his own scoring. But the one of at least one of the stories with LeBron is going to be that he had a fan ejected. Now 39, five rebounds, six assists, and uh, they outscore the Pacers 12 to four in overtime. But the the big question is um, why LeBron had two fans removed? Because if you if you've seen the highlights by now. It wasn't like a hey, I heard something over here. It was him and her. They're out. Here's LeBron after the game. LeBron, what can you share about that interaction with the fan? What they did, or what what was uncomfortable for you? I mean, nothing is uncomfortable for me. But you know, it's a difference between cheering on your 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 home faithful, you know booing opponents and things of that nature or not wanting your opponents to be successful. And then there's, you know, moments where it goes outside the line with obscene gestures and words that um, shouldn't be tolerated in our game from nobody. Um, I would never say it to a fan and a fan should never say it to a player. Um, So that's it. 
Okay, so, LeBron, so the what question, can you share about that? So, inter- so, 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 TJ, now that you've heard LeBron's response, which is he didn't want to share the magic words, and my 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 case for LeBron is is threefold, right? Like, look, to me, this completely de-escalates without having to be like you don't have to be confrontation. You just go him and her out, and if you look at the ticket, they have the right to kick you out anytime you want. I think it's a good deterrent for other fans. I think it's. I honestly think as a guy who's as respected as anyone who's ever played in the league, like it's a good like. Hey, dude, don't need to get into it with these people. If you if something gets to the level of uh, of being over the line, just kick him out and let's move on. Let's let's play ball. So I. But but here's the biggest thing. When he pointed to the dude and the woman, and the woman they both had like matching leather jackets, or whatever you could tell they were together. I, I get, if I ever get to that point where matching shoot me, um, but they didn't put up a fight. They weren't pointing the, no, 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 it wasn't me. What are you talking? They didn't do the hands point palms toward to the sky. Like, what are you talking about? They were just like, yeah, you, you got us. Sorry. We put on her jacket, walked out. Okay. So now you've heard the sound. You've heard my case. Do you support LeBron James kicking these people out? Oh, I, I really, I need to know what was said. Like, Fans are fans of their team. What could they have said that set him off to where the other fans didn't say, hey, hey guys, you guys might want to chill out. Like, chill out. What? Why are you Why are you saying this? And, and so I just, one, how much did they pay for those tickets? Two, they did pretty much see the majority of the game. I just would like to know what was said, but LeBron doesn't. We haven't seen this happen where a player literally just, I want these two. And so whatever they said really got under his skin. It really bothered him to the point where he was like, I'm not dealing with this any longer. Can these people be ejected? And so for that matter, I do agree with it, but I would like to know what was said because as a fan, you're cheering for your team. You, you're going to say, number one, uh, you think they had a couple of adult beverages or maybe more than a couple? And so that that messed their judgment up and, and they say certain things that they shouldn't have said. And, and so that's what I would like to know. Because you don't want to start setting a precedent that if a fan is going at you, cheering on their team, and it may go overboard, uh, are they going to get kicked out? Are they not supposed to say anything to the player? If that's the case, let, let's move these seats back a little further so they don't have that access where they're really up on the the players that way. And, and so I think that's unique about the NBA is the fans are so close to the players. I, 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 I look and, and that's that's part of the sale. Right. And that's what makes them a lot of money is that you can see them. And there is some some uh, some Twitter Twitter speculation that it was about it was about Bronny, whatever. But here, here's the deal. OK. Fans, I, I get that they're fanatics. I get that they pay a lot of money, but there are a lot of people that go to a game. And if you sit in the stands, you're like, I cannot believe the things that you're saying. I just, I can't say it to like, you know, we've seen the fight videos. Like, what is the, you're just like, what is the matter with people? You know, I, I remember I've done games last year. We had to broadcast. I did the big 10 tournament. We had to broadcast from like, you're like up, you're not on the court level. So you're up, we're up like it was in the, uh, the new indie dome, whatever that's, I can't remember what that's called. And you're like up basically in and amongst the fans and you'll have people yelling out things. You're like, 
what are you doing? Why would you, how would you ever, and there's people around and they're kind of uncomfortable too, but you just, I, I understand what you're saying, TJ. I'm just telling you like, uh, there's a, Bill Burr is a great comedian, right? He has that, he has the, he had that bit about the malice of the palace and the idea of the bit was, hey, how many years did you heard guys go like, come up here? Why don't you come up here? Well, Ron Artest came up there and knocked out an entire row of people with one punch, right? Like fans <laughs> on some level have it coming, right? And like, I, I just, I get it. Like you hear something, you're like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done. Do I think LeBron is super sensitive? Yeah. But then do I think the idea of like, you can't talk about my family and if it was But about- you know what though, Doug? LeBron has been getting, getting this his entire career. Doesn't make it okay. Because he, he, he's Does- been the man. And so that's why I'm saying like, is it, as he's getting older, he's going to tolerate less? Because I mean, Ron Artest, he, he was. Stuff was thrown on him. It is as LeBron has played so many years, has his patience. I'm tired. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Yes. Or that they really overstepped their boundaries. And, and I, so, I think they. I think he's that he got. He's gotten older, and I think it's that he's seen it probably crank up. I think. Look, I think the Russell thing puts everybody kind of on edge a little bit. Plus, you're coming off that Detroit thing. I think it's like kind of all factored in. And people just, you know, they have a couple sips of beer. They're sitting real close. They think they can yell anything to you. My, my deal is if, if they didn't say anything wrong, if I paid a grand for a ticket to see LeBron James, I don't care if there's five seconds left to go, whatever. And somebody comes and says, kick me out. I'm like, yo, I didn't say anything wrong. I would have put up a major fight. Hey, they how didn't much do you think those courtside tickets cost in Indy? How much do you think they cost? They are not cheap. So about $1,000 LeBron James, the one time he, yeah, more than that. About twenty five hundred. I mean, that was mid. That was like mid court, feet yeah. on the wood, right? It's my like my buddies the pumps say like it ain't on the wood, it ain't no good, right? Feet on the wood. That those those are yeah. You're paying. You're definitely paying at least four figures for each seat to sit there. My guess is, um, it not probably mid four figures, right? Like you're hey, over over a thousand, maybe over two thousand bucks. That will be a warning to all, as That's you would say, if it ain't on the wood, it ain't no good. Shut your mouth, enjoy the game. Um, just watch what you say. J- just watch what you say. But I, I don't want to take away from I, I, me. I enjoyed it when I could go back and forth with a fan. It just made it fun. No, and then no. when you lost, it's like ah. Uh, and when you win, it's like ah. Yeah, but it, you almost, I you almost, I actually do feel a little bit of sympathy for LeBron because if he doesn't say anything, you just got to sit there and take it. But if he does say anything, and like that's his right to just go, hey, you and you out. I like that a lot better than Russell Russell's confrontation with dudes. Like that, that is not going to end well. Like there's just no, there's no reason. Like you have the power, just goodbye. And, and it's a good, good one. Okay. What about the team? Do you like this, the Lakers as they're currently com, comp, comprised? Man, I don't like the way we're playing, Doug, man. It just, God, it's, we're not playing good. We're not playing good defensively. We, we don't, we don't help the helper. Guys will get a jump. It'll be a guy right there, and you can just contest a shot even though he's not your guy. We kind of just sit and watch. We don't box out. The offense doesn't flow the way it should when LeBron isn't playing. When Russ is playing well, we're good. But when he's not and LeBron isn't playing, it's AD's going to settle for jump shots. And if we're hitting jump shots, we're good. But we're not really going to the hole. Like I watch, We play Milwaukee. I was just like, AD, you can do everything that Giannis does. Go do this. 
but he doesn't have the mentality that Giannis has. He doesn't have that dog in him that Giannis has. And so we have a long ways to go. We got to get better defensively. Offense is going to come and go. Defense needs to be constant. You know, uh, there's a couple of things there. First, it should be pointed out to people who go like, see, LeBron's still the best player in the league. Like, have you seen what Giannis has been doing all season long? Right? Like, LeBron was great last night. Giannis has basically been doing that the entire season. And the guy is, un- it's, it's your level of consistency when you're able to be the best player in the league. And Giannis and KD have been more, more consistent. Obviously, they've been out there more as well. Now, in terms of the Lakers, like, look, I, I, I don't know how much more clear it can be to people who are watching, but you got rid of your two best perimeter defenders, right? One's playing, you got KCP turned in, they made KCP into a, a dog defensively. He became a very good, and then Alex Caruso. And no matter how hard it looks like Russell Westbrook plays, he's not a great defensive player. He takes lots of plays off. Though he had, and he's, He's just not a spring chicken. He's had four knee surgeries. Not that, not that guy, nor has he ever been as consistently good defensively. But, but, and, and look, the Lakers are not whole, you know, you don't have a Riza. You've had, you've had some, you know, you've had injuries as, as well to some of your bench players and you haven't had LeBron. I think they will be better offensively, but I, I think defensively, unless they add a piece or two, uh, I don't see how they guard better on the perimeter. LeBron's not that guy anymore. I think Ariza, they think, is going to be the defender he was a decade ago. He's not. And the options that they have, like a Russell Westbrook and a Malik Monk and, and others, while they're good players and maybe better offensively than Caruso, they, they you lose that, it completely changes your identity. And that's where they're going through trying to figure out what they are because when they won a championship two years ago, they were a defensive menace. Now they got to be more of an offensive team to beat you. We and also you got DeAndre Jordan, you got Dwight Howard in the middle. It clogs it clogs up the hole in the paint. We we just got to figure out who we are. When when you look at the teams that are good here, it's that defense, jump shots. When we're making them, we're the best team, and when we're not, it's like ah, we have to play defense. Like when Carmelo's on offensively we're hard to beat but it's the defense like we're up by 20 some points against Oklahoma City lose that's defense those those are the type of games that come back and haunt you when you lose the teams early in the season that you should beat and now you're playing in the play-in game when you shouldn't have to play in the play-in game had you won those games you're supposed to win and so this defense and Frank Vogel is a defensive coach we got to get it together T.J. Hushmanzada joining me. Uh, Plexico Burris is going to join us upcoming in about 15 minutes. Okay, we'll have some star wide receiver talk. But coming up next, uh, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel acknowledges some similarities between a team he played on and a team he's seeing and is going to see this weekend the NFL. Who is it? Find out next. The Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. TJ Osmanzada, Doug Gottlieb, and for Dan and the Danettes and the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Um, the Titans play the Patriots this weekend. Titans are weird. 
weird year, right? Obviously, you lose Derrick Henry, you're not going to be the same, but four picks for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but to, to beat the teams they've beaten and then to lose to the Jets and the Texans is, I mean, that that's some rarefied air right there. But anyway, uh, Braves taking on the Patriots, his old team that he played for, and he said this quote, I think there are similarities this between his uh, the Patriots team this year and the 2001 Patriots team that won the Super Bowl. Obviously, there's a lot of history there with one particular quarterback, Tom Brady. And I think you're starting to see some of those plays start to look like they looked in the past. Max did a nice job of executing, proving uh, proving what it is they want him to do. It's what they're asking him to do. I'd say he has a strong grasp of what they're doing now. Um, if I remember, TJ, when you were a rookie with the Bengals, you guys played against the Pats, but Bledsoe was still the quarterback, right? We won. No, 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 no. Bledsoe, no, I believe Brady was a quarterback. Brady, Brady came in to start. Brady came in after, it was the week after. No, it was week it was, two it was, he came in. Week two, was, yes, Bledsoe No, no, but, but you, you forget that they had September 11th and then it was shut down. I know this because this is a true story, and I, I want your true story in a second. So my first gig hosting a national radio show was that Sunday. Okay, so I want you to picture this. I'm in Oklahoma City. I'm still playing. Okay, I played a year in Russia. I come back. I'm doing local radio in Oklahoma City just to pay some bills. And uh, and a buddy of mine, Jim Traber, is the he's the color analyst for the Diamondbacks. So he's Diamondbacks for good. So I was filling in for him while he's gone, waiting for an overseas gig. Then September, then 9-11 happens. And so everything... You know, usually you leave to go play overseas in September and go in training. Everything got pushed back like a month, month and a half. So that next weekend, if you remember, everything was shut down. No games, no nothing. And then the following weekend, we had games. Well, ESPN radio wanted to bring everybody into Bristol to do the shows. And the overnight show, which I was a guest on when I was a player, was called Todd Wright All Night. And Todd didn't want to get on a plane, didn't want to, whatever. I don't know. He was off that weekend or whatever. So they flew me in. I flew through Cincinnati from Oklahoma City to Cincinnati. There were three, I thought saw three other travelers in the airport. The rest were all National Guard with, with dogs or National Guard with machine guns. Land, <coughs> go to Bristol, and then I got to watch football games. So I go to a place called Sliders where you get wings, places packed. Bledsoe gets hit trying to go out of bounds, right? Uh, Mo, who hit him? Mo, um, Mo, Mo Collins. Mo, no, not Mo Collins. Uh, I'm trying it's to a think linebacker. It was a linebacker for the Jets, but it wasn't Mo Collins. I'll think of it in a second. Anyway, he hits Bledsoe. I go on the air, TJ. Mo Lewis. Uh, Mo, Mo Lewis, Lewis hits him. Yes. And Bledsoe was like, he, it was one of those where he was getting out of bounds. And like, dude, you got to get out of bounds quick. And he kind of let up before he got out of bounds. And I mean, he got he got hit so hard his dog probably got hurt, right? So in goes Brady, and I'm the idiot on national radio, first ever radio show ever. I was like, well, the Pats are you can cross them off; they're done this year, right? Turns out that was that was a bit wrong. Um, anyway, go ahead, get, tell me your Patriots story of that season. You, it was when when you played the Patriots. Obviously, they when I we played them 2001, number one. I was inactive. And, and so you don't really put too much stock in it. Obviously, it's my first NFL game. So you're excited. 
then when you realize you're inactive, you really don't know how the inactives and actives work. <laughs> you just assume you're on the team. You're going to suit up. And then you go into your locker room and to, you go into the locker room into your locker and you're like, wait, why don't I have no jersey on my shoulder pads? You don't <laughs> you don't really understand that you're not suiting up. And so it's like they have to because you practice all week. And so that was the, the, the first. You just didn't understand the active and inactive. And to this day, I'll never get why you're on the team and everybody is not allowed to suit up. I don't understand that. That's a rule that I don't understand. They, if you're on the team, you should be able to suit up and play. But I digress. But I, I don't remember a ton from that game because I, I, I wasn't playing. But I do remember us winning the game. I do remember the Patriots not starting well as a team that season and then going on to win the Super Bowl. The Patriots this year did not start well. I don't believe they'll go on and win the Super Bowl. But when you look at the comparisons from what Vrabel is talking about, you 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 can you can say, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can see, you know, they're they're one and three after the first quarter of the season. You're like, oh, yeah, Belichick done messed up and drafted Mac Jones, and then they reel off all these wins because in 2001 they were also one and three, and, and so. Those comparisons are fair because record-wise is very similar. And, and now the Patriots are on a five-game win streak. And before they won the Super Bowl, they finished the season with five wins in a row and then went into the playoffs. And it just kept rolling. And, and so similarities, I, I record-wise, it's there. They play great defense. They don't turn the ball over. Mac Jones is taking what the defense gives him. Vrabels, you see the similarities. Uh, you want to make sure that you're not on that list of victims. Because the Tennessee, they're, record-wise, they're a good team. But I don't really look at them as a – when you tell me – if you ask me who would I pick to go to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, I'd name four or five teams before I name the Titans. And, and, and so – they even if they have Derrick Henry back? Yeah, even if they have Derrick Henry back because he's going to be out for so long that him coming back, you're not going to be in shape. You, you got to knock that rust off. He's going to miss too much of the season, for I believe, for him to come back and make a big impact. TJ Hushmanzada, Doug Gottlieb, and for Dan and the Danettes and the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so if you, you you don't like Tennessee and it's in the AFC – and you said, like, look, it, even Kansas City's offense is not what it what it should be right now. Who do you like? I mean, when you sit here and right right now, you know, and <laughs> I guess I'm a uh, I'm living in the moment. I like I like the way the Colts are playing on both sides of the ball. When when Lamar Jackson is in that lineup, obviously you you like the Ravens, and, and then the Kansas City Chiefs. I was really high on the Bills. I don't know what's going on. The way the coach just went in there and oh, smacked them. It wasn't even a ball game. It was an embarrassment, really, to be honest with you. And so those would be the three teams, Baltimore, 
Kansas City and Indy that you say, I could see those teams. I, I just can't see Tennessee without Derrick Henry make, making a run in the playoffs. I, I just don't. I mean, you you talked about this earlier, how Stafford threw four picks in two games. He gave that game to Tennessee. Tennessee had nothing offensively. Yeah, they took the game, but offensively, they they didn't do much against the Rams. And so I, I just don't see Tennessee being that type of team. And so they would fall in my five or six. I would probably, if Baker's healthy, put Cleveland in front of them because I believe Cleveland's defense would be able to slow Tennessee's offense down. Yeah, I just don't know if they'll get to that point of being actually in the playoffs. That's that's the problem with, with every, the talent is there for the Browns, but they just haven't been able to put it put it all together. Um, all right. So speaking of the Bills, right? like this is a you're playing a completely depleted New Orleans team today. Like there's just feels like no should be no excuses for not. What's the matter with the Bills? Is, it, is Josh Allen not as good as we thought? This is a uh, it's odd to me. I'm not going to say Josh Allen isn't as good as we thought. I, I believe Josh Allen is a stud. He's just not playing the way he played last year. Like, he was so lights out last year, Doug. It was, like, almost scary how good he was playing. And the thought that he could get better and would be better, it was like, wow, if Josh Allen improves, he's going to be a perennial MVP candidate Every single year, they're just not playing well. I thought going into the season, where was the pass rush going to come from? They still, they almost play how Kansas, they don't want to run the ball. They don't try to run the ball and it's hurting them. But Buffalo has been a surprise for me in, in a bad way. I thought they would be much better than what they are. I thought that division would go through them. Yeah, uh, let's 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 bring in Plexico Burris who joins us. Of course, you can hear Plex with uh, Lavar Arrington and T.J. Hushmanzada each Saturday noon to two Eastern time. Plus, you can download it. It's called Up on Game as a podcast. Plex, let me let me go with the. I think the biggest game is Rams Packers this Sunday. The Rams lose Robert Woods, but gain Odell Beckham Jr. But but my thing about OBJ is he's more talented. Than Robert Woods, but he does, he's not a little things guy like Robert Woods is. Can you make OBJ or somebody into a little things guy? Because they already have Cooper Cup. They already have other people who do the big things. Man, you know what? I love Robert Woods, man. Hey, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to you guys, man. You know, you guys out there putting that work in early morning. Uh, I'm preparing this bird to drop it in some grease, a little fried turkey this this this, this uh, Thanksgiving. Hey, Plex is the chef, uh, Doug. Come on, know. man. Plex is the chef. Hold on, hold on Pla- Plex. I'm I'm cooking two now. I'm smoking a bird outside. Oh, you smoking one? Oh yeah. man, I had my I had mine on a 24 hour brine, man, with some uh, some salt, some peppercorns, some some bay leaves, apples, oranges, and uh, you know that's how that's how I do it over here. But yeah, <laughs> just getting it in. But yeah, man. Uh, I love Robert Woods, man. Uh, I think uh, you know bringing him in, bringing OBJ in to to join that offense, it's, it's only going to make him better. And uh, you know, even though he's down, I think the more that OBJ gets in rapport with the offense and um, and, and Matthew Stafford, uh, uh, we talked about this last week. Myself, TJ, 
I'm picking the I'm picking the Rams to come out of the NFC. I really am. I think they are that talented on offense, especially with the addition of Von Miller on defense. I think they're going to be special. But, you know, it all depends on how fast OBJ can pick up this playbook. And, you know, it's a, it's a good start for him. Uh, you know, good offense. And uh, I'm really expecting for the Rams to uh, go through the roof. We, we we talking Rams in the NFC. When we were just discussing the AFC, what team do you like or teams do you like? And who's been a surprise disappointment? You know what? Surprise disappointment for me, obviously when Derrick Henry went down, you know, that, that really – that really hurt Tennessee because now I think Ryan Tannehill gets exposed. I really do. I played with Mike Brable for for seven years in Pittsburgh. I understand his philosophy. Big back. We had Jerome when when we were all playing together, so you could kind of hide the quarterback within the running game. But now that they do, they they don't have that. Ryan Tannehill is going to have to go out and win some football games, and. I don't. Th- I don't think a lot of people know this, but he's not. You know, he's not that good as a quarterback. He's he's not accurate. He's never been a passer. So with Derrick Henry being out, they could hide him within the running game. So Tennessee, with him going out, it kind of puts them, you know, at the bottom of the AFC South. But in the AFC, it's wide open. I really expect for the Baltimore Ravens to make a run. They have the defense to get it done. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, if he continues to improve and win football games, it, it can really be the Baltimore Ravens. I really believe that. But there, there's no clear team in the AFC right now that, that you can say, uh, you know, is a powerhouse. The, the Bills, I didn't understand that last week at all. Can, can I, I – can, can I ask you guys a question? You guys are both real, super talented Pro Bowl wide receivers, right? So let me give you my read on, on, the, on the Browns thing with Baker. I get that he's hurt. I get that they've had other issues, right? And, and I do think that guys genuinely like Baker, right? Because he always usually is about sticking up for his dudes and whatever. But there comes a point when if you can't play, you can't play, right? If you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And you can't fool you can't fool dudes in that locker room. You can't fool real players because they, they know. Is that the point that we're at where he's kind of been exposed? Or is there something? Because this was a weird week where his wife goes on Instagram to, you know, calling out the toughness of others and he avoids the media. Like it was a weird week. Plex, you give me your read. You've been in, you both of you guys have been in this position before. What's really going on in Cleveland? Man, we talk about this almost every week. When we talk about the Cleveland Browns, it's Baker Mayfield. You can't fool anybody anymore. Baker Mayfield is not a franchise quarterback. We keep saying that. He has the same statistics as Gardner Minshew. How many things? Is Gardner Minshew on the NFL roster right now? Yeah, he's with the Eagles. He's a backup. They have the same exact numbers. I, I, listen, I, I know we see him on television and we see him on all these progressive commercials and all of that. The guys in that locker room know. He is not a franchise quarterback, so he's a good player. But he is not within, what do we say? He's not a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. 
Honestly, he's the first round draft pick. I get it. Number one draft pick. But as far as leading the, a franchise and contending for a world championship, he's not that guy. When 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 Gardner when when uh when Baker was drafted, I tweeted out. I said, "Congratulations, Cleveland Browns. You will have the number one pick five years from now." Wow, he got one more. They got one more year. I, exactly. You know, you know what, Doug? It's like this: when his wife comes out and says what she said, that's pillow talk. That's him talking to her at home, right? right. Telling her how banged up he is, what she knows, and how everybody else is being soft. All she's doing is repeating what he's told her, and now. It don't look too good. She and not even if, just and even make and, that and, up. and TJ, even if he didn't, even if she did, he didn't tell her that. That's the assumption that everybody makes. Oh, that's how Baker really thinks. Right? That that's is how, how he. Really he th- your wife is not gonna put that out there if y'all not talking about it. She's not doing that, and that entire locker room knows it. <clears throat> hey, with, with that being said, if Baker Mayfield and Matt Ryan swap teams, there will be nothing different. It will be the same exact results for both organizations. Plax, uh, Plax, what time's the food ready? Uh, about one fifteen ish, one or one twenty five, you know, somewhere around there. All right, Chef Burr, ready, baby. Just get ready. Peanut oil, right? You're doing peanut oil. That's that's when you're gonna fry the turkey. It's always peanut oil. It got to be peanut oil. The the, the, uh, the no the vegetable oil and the canola oil is so thin that it will actually catch on fire. So you need more of a thicker base when you you know when you're frying, uh, you know, turkeys and and things of this nature at high temperatures. It, you know what? The, the peanut the the, uh, the the vegetable oil and the canola oil it, it do nothing but catch on fire. Plax, happy Jeff Thanksgiving. Burr is going to work, baby. Happy Thanksgiving. Can't wait to hear you on Saturday and uh, and and your breakdown of what's going on. Thanks for joining us, man. All right, man, no problem. All right, Plax Gilbert, of course, former Pro Bowl wide receiver. You can hear him on Up on Game with TJ and LeVar Arrington Saturday, Fox Sports Radio, noon to 2 Eastern time. And, of course, download that as a podcast as well. The Cowboys will be officially without um, two wide receivers today. Two. You already knew Ari Cooper was out. Who else is out? Find out next on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. TJ Espinosa, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan the Danette, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, who is your favorite offensive coordinator you ever played for? Wow. I would probably say uh, I had my most success under him, so Bob Rakowski. Why? What, what, what was it about what he did, or did he just believe in you? What was it about uh, Bob that, that allowed you to be so successful? We, we, called, we called him Brat, Coach Brat. Um, honestly, I, I, <laughs> I'm laughing. I wouldn't say initially he believed in me. I, I might have been forced to believe in me. Um, but I learned a lot. And when, when I say I learned a lot, for people that don't understand, it's like when we were in Cincinnati, we would have to sit in meetings, the receivers, with the offensive line and quarterbacks. And it used to be so boring, Doug, so boring. 
they're going over protections and you look over guys are on their phone or they, they falling asleep. I would just take notes and I didn't realize I was learning the protections and I was learning football because I was just paying attention and we would put plays in and if it was one high, you would run it this way. If it was too high, you would run it this way. And too high could be cover four, cover two, cover six. So it would be different variations. And so I thought, oh, it's like this everywhere. I leave. I go to another team. And I'm like, hey, so on this play, if we get a, a too high look, but it's not cover two, it's quarters, how do you want us to run it? I'm like, oh, just get open. I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. If the quarterback is going to throw with anticipation, I can't just get open. He needs to know how I'm going to run it so he can throw with anticipation. If he, if I'm just going to get open, he doesn't know what I'm going to do. And, and so we were very attention to detail. It probably didn't show uh, as much as they gave it to us in Cincinnati, but I learned a ton of football from Brad. Protections, how to run routes, um, what to do, what not to do in certain situations. Um, so, yeah, it, it would be bright. And I, I'll tell you what, when I was in Cincinnati, towards the end, I, I was a bit of a butthole just, just because you kind of get tired of the losing and you want to blame the coaches. I promise this is a true story. When I left Cincinnati and I went to Seattle, I called Brat and I told him, I said, I want to apologize because – you were so much better of a coach than I ever gave you credit for. Now that I'm not with you, I just want to let you know how much I learned from you and how great of a coach you are that I didn't realize when I was playing for you. I told him that. I told him that. Okay, so my, my, my next question would be, who's the worst offense coordinator you ever played for? I wouldn't say I had a worse offensive coordinator. Come on, I, man. Nah, I really be honest because, like, for instance – I played for uh, – I'll go in order. I played for Greg Knapp, may rest in peace, and then I paid for Cam Cameron, and then technically it was Hugh and Al Saunders. Al Saunders' offense is very complicated. Um, you, you, you can't be a dummy and play for Al Saunders. If you're a dummy, it's too tough. Uh, Cam Cameron, his run game – like we had concepts in a run game that I had never seen. This was like my – 10th year in a league like certain concepts i had never seen when i got to baltimore like give, me, give me give me an example give me an example like for instance we'd be running the ball to the right the tight end would just sprint to the flats like it was a pass play every team i've been on that tight end was blocking but he felt like if you sprint to the flats you're gonna draw a defender thinking it's a pass play and I was like, well, I had never seen that before. A lot of teams do that now. They weren't doing that back then when I was playing. And so just his concepts in a run game, the passing game, it wasn't uh, as nuanced as Cincinnati and, and even Seattle. Greg not probably had the best playbook that I had. Ever. Like he had so many great concepts, but he was a guy that liked to run a lot of screens. Um, and, and Hugh Jackson, he he was a coach that you want to play for because I pretty much got my chance to play because of Hugh. Right. He came in there and said, "I'm gonna play the best guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like we we're sitting in a meeting. Hugh Jackson walks in there. It was like twelve receivers. He's like, uh, 
He named four of them. One, two, three, four, pointed them out. You four are on the team. The rest of you eight are bat- battling for two spots. I was like, whoa. No coach had ever told us that before. Like, he was so, you play bad? Hey, if you keep playing like this, you, you're not going to play. Or if you keep playing like this, you're not making a team. He was so honest that I appreciated the transparency. Black or white, no gray area with you. And, and that's what I liked about him. He's personable. He makes you want to play for him. But I told him, Hugh, they're not giving me a chance to play here. And that's why I said, huh, with Brad, he probably was forced to play me. He was like, I'm playing the best guys. Peter Ward breaks his leg against the New York Jets. I get a chance to play, and I was a starter for the rest of my career pretty much. That's TJ Hispanzada joining us. I bring that out because Des Bryant had some of the, the best moments of his career playing for the, obviously not just the Cowboys, but for Jason Garrett as their head coach and Jason Garrett as a play caller. Des tweets out, after hearing the news about JG, that's Jason Garrett, Kadarius Tony, you will get to experience the love and joy for football throughout your career. When asked by one of his followers if he didn't like Garrett, he tweeted, great dude, never respected his philosophy towards players and the game. Translate that for me. That's personal. When you say never respected his philosophy towards players, that, that, that seems a little personal. Like his philosophy, did he not respect you? Did he make it seem like it wasn't the player, it was the X's and O's and not the Joe's, so to speak? And when I saw that, that that's how I took it. I, I don't believe Daz cares for Jason. It, it might be some underlying how much, how much of it is just that he cut him, right? Like, like Des Bryant got cut when Jason Garrett was the coach. And it's like anybody who's ever lost a job or lost, a, you know, a job within a job. End of the day, the guy who makes the decision is the guy you're going to be bitter towards, right? Really, and just, Re- just- really, Doug? You really believe Jason Garrett made the decision to cut him, or Jerry Jones and those guys made the decision? We I, all I, don't, know. I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, but I, I can tell you that like the, the, Jason Garrett was viewed as like the other, uh, the other son to Jerry Jones, right? Like that's that's how he everybody like man, you can't talk to Jason Garrett. He he might as well be a Jones boy. So like you blame everybody. I, I believe there are some underlying disagreements that they may have had that we don't know about, but I, I don't believe Jason Garrett. I mean, yeah, he, he was the head coach when Des Bryant was released. But when, when you look at it, it was Des Bryant went on. He had from like, I believe it was like 2012 to 2014, those three years. Des Bryant was lights out. He was scoring and catching touchdowns, putting up big yards. And then after that, it was kind of hit or miss. He never, he had three years in a row. I believe he had a thousand yards. He didn't crack a thousand yards again in and out of the lineup because of injuries. He, he just wasn't able to get back to that level. And it was four years of that. It wasn't like, it was like, okay, you got 600 yards, in 2015, uh, 1,020. He never got close to 1,000 yards again. And it was four years after those three years where he really lit it up. I believe Jerry Jones got rid of him. But when you play for a head coach that's an offensive coordinator, I think these coaches sometimes don't understand, like, if you're a good coach, you're going to teach us the game. Now that I know the game, don't get mad at me for knowing the game that you taught me. And so when I voice my opinion, whether I should voice it or not, 
I'm voicing the philosophies that you taught me. And if I think what you're saying isn't correct, should I not voice that? Because these philosophies are coming from you and what you have taught me. And that's what happens. Coaches, they teach you the game. As soon as you question what you've been taught, they, oh, don't question me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, you know, it, it's just that that's where I think it could be a disconnect. But Jason Garrett, was he not awful with New York? Oh, my God. They were terrible. They were terrible. How can you be? How can you be that bad? How can they be that bad? How can like how can you have dudes running into each other <laughs> but, in the middle of the season? And you know what's crazy? It's what you, they got dudes. Like they have dudes on that team that if you their receiving core is really good, player for player, talent wise, they're really good. Saquon Barkley, you don't know what he is yet coming back from his injury. Daniel Jones has shown flashes. Doug, they're awful on offense, man. And <laughs> can Freddie Kitchens uh, come back with the magic that he had when they fired Hugh in Cleveland when he had Baker? If he does that, it's really going to make Jason Garrett look even worse. But the Giants were awful, and Daz Bryant just stated his opinion on Jason Garrett. If Freddie Kitchens turns this around, we got to look at Des Bryant and say, ah, oh, he's on to something. Doug Gottlieb, TJ Hushmanzada in for Dan the Danettes. This is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, yeah, he he uh, he went. Des went on and said, "Trash." I can't help people like to hear my thoughts about sports. I mean, dude did coach my entire career. Trust me, I'm not the only one who feels the same way about him. The difference between me and a lot of people is I don't sugarcoat ish. Guys sacrificed a lot and get misused, right? So it didn't feel like he was used. And he, he did have an outstanding career, like a ring of honor, not Hall of Fame caliber career. 